0: You're listening to Ono oh No Lit Class. Dead authors, fresh takes, and
1: the epilogues you never knew you needed.
0: Welcome to Ono Lit Class, the podcast that's part of your core curriculum. I'm Megan. I'm RJ. And uh, welcome to episode one, the, The Maiden Voyage. So a quick rundown of what we aim to do here for about a half hour or so. We will whisper sweetly in your ear about all the classic literature that you had to read or, you know, maybe didn't read in high school and college.
1: Novels. Poetry. Sonnets.
0: Um, except our version is, uh, more fun, and probably more dick jokes. Kind of like a deviant Cliff's Notes that wears leather jackets and smokes behind the
1: gym. I don't do dick jokes.
0: Alright, way to be a (laughs) buzzkill. There's also gonna be a lot of cool kinda trivia stuff that you can throw around at dinner parties, and seem like a big ol' smarty pants, and impress your friends. And finally shut that jerk Marcus up. yeah. You know, thinks he's so great. That's right, Marcus. But you didn't know that Starbucks was named for the first mate in Moby Dick. So, you know, go back to eating that subpar quiche you brought, you dickhead.
1: I had dinner with people once. <laughs>
0: it's just so flat. Um, so for our illustrious first episode, uh, we're going to tell you a thing about Macbeth, which is personally my favorite Shakespeare play. Um, cause I'm a nerd. Uh, how do you feel about it, RJ?
1: He's my favorite Scottish king.
0: He was Scottish king for like a whole 10 minutes.
1: No, for 17 years.
0: Shit. Well, you're just gonna come out and make me look bad then.
1: Hey, Meg, you wanna come over for dinner? So I can teach you facts? Yeah, Meg? You think yourself big and smart?
0: (laughs) Next you're gonna mock my quiche
1: your quiche has always been subpar
0: wow now we're getting into the deep cuts and we're, we're only in the intro <laughs> so Macbeth is easily one of shakespeare's more violent plays it's a tragedy rife with blood and vengeance and dead murder
1: this is true sounds a lot like hamlet
0: yeah, well, I mean, you got one guy writing them all there. They're, they're going to bleed together a little bit. There's a lot of dad murder in Shakespeare in general, which is something that might be uh, worth exploring at a later date. Shakespeare's I, daddy issues. I
1: do like that you said they kind of bleed together.
0: Ah. But uh, before we get into the play, let's talk a bit about the dude. What can you tell us about Big Willie Shakespeare, RJ?
1: Well, first of all, he doesn't go by Willie. He goes by William.
0: Oh, he told you that, personally? He did. I see.
1: So William Shakespeare, for those who aren't really aware of the guy, which is probably nobody, he was born in 1564, a good vintage year, died in 1616. Throughout his lifetime, he managed to write 38 plays, 154 sonnets, and other assorted works. In
0: between, you know, getting that sick medieval puss.
1: Well, his sick medieval puss was Anne Hathaway.
0: Nice, bit of a bit of a May December kind of romance there. He's you know a, a few hundred years older, but you know I'm sure they made it work.
1: But maybe she's into that, into older men dressing up in cat suits for them. Nice. Um, now Shakespeare, we of course think of him as soon as we think about literature nowadays. But back in the day when he was actually alive, he was well regarded but he wasn't really super popular it wasn't like oh here comes shakespeare let's go see the shakespeare play he was kind of like cool just there but perhaps most importantly about shakespeare is that he had a bitchin earring
0: wait okay okay so he had like a he had a some some dope ear flare, and he was not popular but cool
1: i think he was the original hipster oh god So a little bit about Macbeth and the world Macbeth entered into um, back in 1605 when it was first presented to the public. Um, This came out the same year as King Lear and the Merchant of Venice. So
0: just a bummer year, huh?
1: Yeah. Big year for Shakespeare and high schoolers for the rest of time. But so Shakespeare in his prime is pumping out plays. Um, You might ask yourself why a Scottish play?
0: Why a Scottish play? I asked it. <laughs> well, in
1: 1603, James I became king of England and Ireland, having already been the king of Scotland. So now, a bit of a historical quirk, before 1603, James I was known as James VI, king of Scotland. James the Sixth was born in June 19th, 1566 and became king July 24th, 1567. You might be asking yourself, (laughs) this guy became a king at the age of one? And the answer is yes. All
0: hail the baby king.
1: Not a bad gig. So now, out of respect for James VI, king of Scotland becoming James I, king of Scotland, England, and Ireland, Shakespeare writes Macbeth to honor James I a relative of the real-life Malcolm, who is represented in the play. So what does James I think of all this? He hates Macbeth.
0: Uh, ironically, he thinks that it's too bloody and too violent, even though uh, Shakespeare wrote him this like lovely, nice epilogue talking about how like handsome and great he is and what a super-duper awesome king he is. Yeah. And
1: if you think about it, Macbeth doesn't exactly paint Scotland in the best of light. Hashtag, not all Scots.
0: Mm, all right we're gonna ignore that one and keep moving
1: so one little side note about james the first that has nothing to do about macbeth but interesting to note anyway perhaps even a bit poetic do you remember remember the 5th of november gunpowder treason and plot guy uh, fox and all that
0: i remember *V for vendetta and that is the next best thing
1: you know what king they were trying to kill
0: james the first james the first well dang all right enough history let's get to the sexy things
1: So how about you tell us a little bit about this play that I may have only partially read in high school?
0: I don't think you've you've read more than anything partially since high school, but you know.
1: That I read the cliff notes of in high school.
0: There you go. So Macbeth, uh, apart from being, you know, generally a little more popular than some of the other Shakespeare plays because it's super violent and awesome and there's not a ton of uh, love lore and romance going on, it also has the sexy mystique of being cursed. Now, what do you know about the Macbeth curse?
1: They use his potty language. See, I would have read it if I knew they cursed.
0: That hurt me. I'm gonna die sooner. Oh, wait. I'm gonna die sooner now because. This is
1: the one that they use. Damned in, isn't it?
0: I hate you. I hate you so much. Uh, But yeah, even if you're not familiar with the play it's the the curse is referenced in like tons of different cartoons and tv shows and all kinds of things so basically the going superstition is that it's bad luck to say the name of the play even if you're performing it um but it's not bad luck to say Macbeth, like in the context of the play like hey sup Macbeth?" forsooth because reasons you know you you wouldn't be able to do the play i guess uh, so instead of calling it Macbeth, it's often referred to simply as the Scottish play, or Mr. and Mrs. M, or some cuter stuff, like Mackers, or Mackey B, which is, it's precious, and I love it. I get this uh, this visual of, like, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, for your viewing pleasure, we present Mackers. Aww. Oh, you got anything to add there?
1: Either? Nope.
0: Okay, moving on. The myth is that Shakespeare used real witch spells, and so for that they cursed his play, which, I don't know, like he was just like hiding in the bushes while they were doing like incantations or something. No idea. So um, on the one hand, a lot of this is probably just, you know, it's theater folklore and hazing little baby actors, and because it's like, you know, imagine being like the veteran actor and being like, oh yes, I remember in this very theater, a lighting fixture crushed Our Lady Macbeth to death. Um, and in fact, more people have been documented dying in accidents while performing Hamlet than Macbeth. Um, so there's there's a good dinner party uh, bit of trivia for you. But on the other hand, there's some weird stuff that's happened. In an 1849 performance in New York at the Astor Opera House, uh, there was these two actors who were having beef or whatever, and one of them was in the play, and then the other one showed up with like a posse and they started fighting, and they whipped up the audience into such a frenzy that there was a riot and more than 30 people were killed. When Laurence Olivier played the title role in 1937, uh, a weight above the stage mysteriously came untied and crashed down within inches of the actor, so that joke that I just made before now seems like it's really in poor taste because Laurence Olivier was actually almost crushed to death by a lighting fixture. (laughs)
1: He was asking for it.
0: Probably. So this same production unwisely chose to use actual swords in their fight scenes, and the tip of one of the swords broke off, flew into the audience, and hit a dude, which gave him a heart attack. And then he died. And that's not all. There's more.
1: There's more? There's
0: more! In 1953, Charlton Heston was playing Macbeth, which that on its own is already just a great mental image. Um, and he suffered severe burns on his legs. It was later discovered that his tights had been soaked in gasoline.
1: It was those damn dirty apes.
0: More than likely. But there's a 1942 production that holds the record for the most misfortune. Three different actors died during its run, and the costume designer killed himself right after the premiere. Holy shit. So, like, maybe this isn't the best thing to start. A podcast on in retrospect because we're probably going to be like struck by lightning here in our apartment before we can even finish it
1: when i die i hope to have a dinner party with friends in heaven
0: (laughs) god damn it well that's just how we do things on oh no lit class all right that's enough spooky times let's crack open this scotch egg so the play opens with some shit okay hang on It opens with shit. Yep. As most medieval plays do. So it opens with a trio of witches who are outstanding on a heath or a moor or a fen or whatever it is witches in Scotland or want to stand on. And they're figuring out a way that they could just kind of screw shit up for everybody.
1: A majestic mountainside. Whatever. So what were all those witches doing out on that heath? Ledger, mountainside thing. Oh, God.
0: Uh, They were planning on uh, messing some stuff up for people. They were saying, we're going to fuck some shit up. And the other witches were like, when? And the first witch says, when the hurly-burly's done. Which is a great word. Hurly-burly. You're giving me nothing. And so they decide that they're going to just uh, spout some prophecies, mess with some people. Uh, And so at that same time, Macbeth... The Thane of Glamis, or the, the Lord of Glamis, which is spelled like Glamis, and I was mispronouncing it the wrong way for uh, a very long time. And it's kind of a bummer, because it's like it would have been great if he was like the Glam Lord.
1: Like David Bowie?
0: Yes. Like a beautiful Scottish David Bowie. That's what you should imagine right now. When you're imagining Macbeth and his trusty sidekick, Banquo, out killing uh, soldiers on the, the Scottish heath or moor or whichever. You should picture David Bowie in like just a big stretchy glittery leotard and face makeup with a big sword. So uh, majestic David Bowie Macbeth and his pal Banquo are um, fighting for their country. And, Scotland. Yes. Okay. That country. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're all on the same page here. Macbeth says. Well, we've, we've killed a whole lot of soldiers today, haven't we, Banquo? Because everyone in Scotland sounds like Sean Connery. Those are the rules.
1: So they all sound like James Bond. Yes. Who's English.
0: Shh. Ian Fleming retconned it. Don't do this. I can do I can do an entire James Bond, Ian Fleming episode. So, see, we're just we're getting ideas. I hear the
1: ghost. Up. of Macbeth past.
0: <laughs> the Macbeth, who we already fed dinner and needs to chill out. Please don't look at me like that. <laughs> Okay, so Macbeth and Banquo, after the, they're chilling out after the battle, and the witches appear, and are like, "Hail, Macbeth, Thane of Glamis! Hail, Macbeth, Thane of Cawdor! Hail, Macbeth, King of Scotland!"
1: So was that one of the witches, or all three of the witches?
0: No, that was just one witch getting progressively higher in tone.
1: So like four other people were just standing around watching this happen.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. And so Macbeth is like, I'm only (laughs) one of those things. And to this, the witches respond, also all of Banco's kids are going to be kings. Bye. So uh, Macbeth and Banco are like, well, I mean, that'd be neat if it was true, but they don't exactly have a ton of reasons to believe a bunch of witches standing out in the middle of nowhere near a battlefield. Um, And then they get back to their main camp, and they find out that the Thane of Cawdor was a traitor. And so Duncan has him executed, and since Macbeth has been such a good little murder soldier, now he's the new Thane of Cawdor. So um, it's awesome, and him and Bank will high-five, and they think, oh, maybe there's something to this witch's prophecy after all. And everything's great. So he goes home to tell his wife the good news, and she says,
1: Hey, yo, why ain't you king yet? Hey, yo. <laughs> like I said, Shakespeare... Hipster.
0: Do hipsters say, ayo? Hey, yo? Do hipsters sound like they're, like, from Brooklyn in, like, an 80s movie? Ayo, hey, yo, I'm trying to become king here.
1: Just like Mama used to make.
0: <laughs> I make you the king of Scotland <laughs> like a Mama used to.
1: That's the great thing about Macbeth. It really represents the entire European continent.
0: <laughs> Brooklyn's on the <laughs> European continent for this joke.
1: Ay <laughs> hey, yo i'm from italy (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the spicy meatball oh
0: god all right macbeth uh lady macbeth wants macbeth to kill the king and macbeth is really surprised by this and he's like what no why and lady macbeth reiterates no kill the shit out of the king and macbeth is reluctant as you might imagine why um, well, for starters, Duncan's a pretty good king. Everybody's pretty chill with him. He just promoted Macbeth, so they're on pretty good terms. And also, they're sort of distantly related in like a medieval inbreeding kind of way. So he really doesn't want to do it. So to his reluctance, Lady Macbeth says, look, suck it up, pull your big boy britches up, and listen. You know, I know that we don't have any kids or anything like that, but if we did, if we had, like, a sweet little... He's making dick-sucking faces at me right now. I just want you to know that. I'm trying to do this thing for you, and he's literally pretending like there's a big old dick in his mouth. He's just making my life hard. So me MacBeth says, if I had a sweet little infant baby and I was cradling it in my arms and maybe I was, like, breastfeeding it and it was a tender moment and you said, kill our baby, you know what? I fucking head against the counter and i beat it over and over gonna kill it until it was dead because that's how much i love you and after that Macbeth decides okay yeah i'm gonna do this thing
1: a wise decision
0: i hate you <laughs> i hate you and i want you to die <laughs> Why? no that's not true i love you <laughs> so eventually Macbeth is also overcome with a lust for power and thinking about the witch's prophecy and all that. And so he goes to kill Duncan, who, by the way, is over and, like, sleeping at Macbeth's house at the time. So, like, that's kind of messed up.
1: Worst sleepover ever.
0: Pretty much.
1: Except. Except. That time I slept over at my friend Jake's house and he peed on me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, um... I mean, he didn't murder you in your bed, but peeing on you's pretty gross. I mean, unless you wanted him to. I don't know your life. <laughs> so Macbeth feels guilt over his honestly kind of messed up actions because he knows he's about to go do a bad thing and he hallucinates a bloody dagger hanging in the air. But he doesn't really read into it. He's kind of like, oh, it, it, this probably doesn't mean anything bad.
1: What else would you dream about in what year was this?
0: I don't know. He's not dreaming, though. He's walking to go kill Duncan, so you might want to read that <laughs> joke.
1: Wait, he's not dreaming? He's just seeing it?
0: Yeah, he halluc- that's why it's a hallucination uh. <laughs> and not a dream. <laughs> Did you put tape on my leg? We're rolling. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm parting the curtain. Put tape on my leg. Um, yeah, you know, he's just like, there's this no biggie. This is chill. This is going to be fine. And then he stabs Duncan a whole bunch. So, afterwards, Macbeth uh, returns to Lady Macbeth, and, you know, he's had a hard night, and he's kind of whining about it, and he's like, I had to kill him, and it was really scary, and it was hard, and I saw a bloody dagger in the air, and Lady Macbeth just like, handle it. Uh, so then she goes about framing the guards. She gets them drunk so that they, you know, pass out and they don't remember anything, and she uh, gets, like, Duncan's blood all over this knife, and uh, she lays it by the guards, so it looks like they did
1: it. So what you're telling me is Lady Macbeth is still looking for the real murderer.
0: <laughs> the dagger don't fit, you must quit. <laughs> um, and so the next morning, Macduff shows up. And uh, I know you might be wondering, who the hell's Macduff? He's uh, he's another thane. Don't worry about him. Don't think too much about him. It's like he's not even there. Except that he is the one who finds Duncan's body. And he's like, whoa, that's not good. Um, and he goes to question the guards, who remember were drunk and passed out and have no idea what the hell happened. And before they can say like Nah, I didn't do it," Macbeth like slashes both guards and then they die. And Macduff's like, um, we, "We we needed to question them." And Macbeth's just like, "Nah, I was so I was so upset, I was so angry and full of the feels that I just had killed kill them right then and there, because my emotions,
1: man, emotions.
0: So here's the thing though, Duncan was not alone. At Macbeth's house. His two sons. What?
1: Excuse me. (laughs) What?
0: His two sons, Malcolm and Donald Bane. Donald, Donald Bane, Donald Bane. Malcolm and the other one were there as well. And when they find out that their father's dead, they flip out. Because, you know, obviously they don't want to be dead too. So they decide to run away. And that's great because now it looks like, not that the guards did it, but that Malcolm killed his dad and then took off. And so Macbeth is like, you know, oh no, Malcolm's dad killed himself and ran away like a little wiener and I'm Um, the only one left who's related to the king, kind of, so I guess I'm king now. And then he would do a thumbs up. And it's awesome, except Banco's like, Wow, that's weird. Those witches said you'd be king, and now you're the king, and that's definitely not suspicious at all. And Macbeth decides Banquo's got to go. And also his son, Fleance, because his name is dumb. Fleance is a dumb name. Feel free to jump in anytime.
1: You got this part. Okay.
0: So Macbeth has Banquo and his son Fleance killed, and Banquo dies, but Fleance actually gets away. So to recap, Macbeth... Good at killing people's dads, not so great at killing their sons. Sons get away. Sons are fine.
1: Everyone is someone's dad.
0: I'm not someone's dad. You're not someone's dad either. (laughs) Neither of us are dads, factually speaking. But sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's great. Except it's not. Because Macbeth has become a, he's kind of racked with paranoia. And um, he's at this sort of fancy dinner party that he's thrown for everybody. And who does he see sitting at the table? Well, not me. No, because you don't get to go to dinner parties. I know. He sees Banquo's ghost. And as you would imagine, he flips shit. And he starts screaming at it.
1: Hey, someone call the Ghostbusters.
0: What is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) And he yells, I ain't afraid of no ghost.
0: (laughs) No, except he super is afraid of no... He's he's afraid of all ghosts. Every ghost. Banquo's ghost. And so he just starts shrieking at the chair. And he's like, I see you there, Banquo! (laughs) And, you know, gibbering, And there's probably, like, spit going on. It's super gross. And this kind of, you know, puts a damper on the dinner party. And Lady Macbeth has to clean up his mess, per usual. And she's just like, no, he's he's fine. He's cool. Soup, bad soup. Didn't agree with him. Go home. Dinner party's over. So we've got this kind of in a rough place right now. So he goes back to see the witches again, so they could tell him that he's pretty and everything's gonna be okay. And so the witches tell him three things. First, no man born of a woman can harm you. And my like, it's eh, very specific wording but i won't think too much about that sure neat i'm effectively immortal because every man's born of a woman as opposed to you know everyone being someone's dad (laughs) and the witches also say and you're safe until great Burnham wood comes to dunsinane hill and beth says well i mean that's the forest doesn't move it's not like someone's just gonna cut down the trees and carry them up to the hill or anything like that because that'd be that'd be crazy and then the witches say, beware Macduff. And Macbeth says, who? Mac- Macduff. He hasn't been in the play much, but, you know, he's he's been there. And he doesn't like you. And Macbeth goes, ah, so you're saying I should kill his family. No, no, I said beware Macduff. And Macbeth says, all right, gonna kill Macduff's family. And he does. Turns out Macbeth is a pretty terrible king and a pretty terrible dude. Um... If you're gonna, you know, think about like Scar in The Lion King, when the land just literally withers and dies rather than put up with his shit, that's basically what's going on here. And uh, you think that Lady Macbeth would be like super into what uh, a crazy, wanton, murdering madman he's become, right? Yeah. But she's not. Oh. No. In an ironic twist, she is racked with guilt and she wanders the castle and is just like out darn spot there's this blood all over my hands and who would have thought just murdering a bunch of dudes would have consequences ah, ah, ah. so then she kills herself off screen later, by jumping off a castle wall it's lame considering how cool she is uh, meanwhile, Macbeth is like walking around on a parapet or something and whining about stuff, and that's when he has his very famous soliloquy, his...
1: uh, uh Horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse.
0: Wrong play. Try again.
1: This is the winter of my discount tent.
0: I think that's <laughs> still maybe the same play you just quoted from, if you want to give it another shot.
1: Hey, yo!
0: I'm speaking, of course, of his famous... Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day, etc., etc. Um, life is but a poor player who struts and frets. Did my wife just die? Did anybody else hear like a. <laughs> just me? Yeah? No? Okay. And uh, once he's, you know, kind of done whining, a messenger runs up and tells him that Burnham Wood is moving.
1: Hey. Hey, yo. <laughs> <No>. Burnham Wood. <laughs> no, that, joke,
0: that joke only worked once. <laughs> Um, and Macbeth, of course, is kind of surprised by that, and it turns out it's Macduff, with Duncan's son Malcolm, and also an army of people who are tired of Macbeth's shit, and also the English, because patriotism. And what they did was they cut down, uh, the, the woods, the trees in the woods, and they were using them as camouflage, so that's our pretty big hint that the witches are doing that genie-of-the-lamp double-talk bullshit. So then they fight And it's crazy And we're just gonna Circle back to Sean Connery Macbeth Because that's It's the best for this This moment Where he's well,
1: like Clearly Sean Connery Only gets the action scenes
0: Of course I'm invincible Fuck you Macduff No man born of a woman Can kill me And because this is Shakespeare It's time for plot twists And Macduff's like I am no man No No that's not what happened It'd be really cool if that's what happened, but that's not what happened. Actually, it turns out Macduff is a C-section baby. And Macbeth is just like, that counts, and then bah, because he's decapitated by Macduff. And then uh, Malcolm's crowned king, and Macduff walks off stage with Macbeth's head. Because, you know, when you kill a dude's family, that makes him do weird stuff. And then the play basically ends. Uh, We get this whole thing about how Banquo's kids are going to be a line of kings, but whatever uh james the first is pretty and awesome and great and guess what he didn't like the play anyway wow wah, wah. and that's pretty much Macbeth. uh the moral of the story is maybe don't murder people and also england is great yay england
1: clearly the moral of the story is vengeance never dies
0: but it, it did when they killed him
1: but now it lives on for whatever offspring of Macbeth to kill
0: he didn't have any. That was the point.
1: Or did he?
0: Dun, dun, dun. He didn't. Um. So, Macbeth. Less dick jokes than the other Shakespeare plays. But a good one to maybe introduce the youngins to because, you know, they'll be like, oh, everybody's talking weird and wearing doublets and blah, blah, blah. And you could be like, nah, it's okay. Everybody murders the shit out of everybody else. It's cool. You'll love it. And, you know, maybe they'll give it a shot. And so uh, we could talk about now some different adaptations of this Shakespeare play we all know and love now.
1: Well, before we talk about adaptations, we could talk about how originally this was performed on the stage.
0: Yes, as plays often are.
1: Now, one of the interesting things that I've really never thought about before until we were going to do this episode and doing my research is that we can't just go look at a video of the original Macbeth play. And so really anything's an adaptation. phone of.
0: recorders were shit back then.
1: It's true. They only had potatoes to record with. But so what we know about the original plays for all of Shakespeare stuff is what people wrote down. And when it comes to Macbeth, there's only one known eyewitness account that's ever been written about Macbeth.
0: The most hipster.
1: And what's interesting about this one eyewitness account is it doesn't mention the witches uh scene when they're talking about no man born of a woman, they don't mention the bloody dagger, and they definitely don't mention Burnham Wood. And that's definitely mentioned in the play, but for whatever reason, this wasn't shown on the stage. Um, And so we don't know if this just wasn't part of the production originally, and it was just what Shakespeare wrote, but he didn't actually want performed, or the one eyewitness who wrote this kind of didn't care and was kind of lazy.
0: So either he, like, dozed off at key parts, or... Shakespeare looked in the budget, and they just didn't have enough for Burnham Wood.
1: That's true, and it will be one of the mysteries lost to time. One of the other things to think about when it comes to adaptation is all the people at the heart of this play were real people. And so we already talked about reasons why Shakespeare might have wanted to write a play about a Scottish king that lived about 400 years before, um, wanting to suck up to the new... Formerly Scottish king of Scotland, the new king of England and Ireland.
0: Who was a baby, question mark?
1: He was... Well, no, he wasn't a baby anymore. He was a baby at some point.
0: We were all a baby at some point, just like we're all a dad.
1: So, for example, Duncan, who starts off as king in the play Macbeth, apparently was a pretty shitty king, and he only had a reign of about six years before Macbeth killed him on a battlefield. There was no bad sleepover or anything like that. Um, Macbeth killed him in the heat of battle, as one would in 1040.
0: So so Shakespeare turns Macbeth into, like, backstabby coward jerk.
1: And not only that, Macbeth uh, was apparently a pretty good king. He was a king for 17 years once he took over, and his time as king was known as a time of peace and prosperity.
0: So more like Mufasa than Scar. Correct. Huh.
1: And it was 17 years later when Malcolm, son of Duncan, came back out of exile and decided to kill Macbeth. Apparently, vengeance is best served 17 years later. Um, unlike the play, Macbeth actually did have a pretty good claim to the throne. He wasn't just some nobody who became king. Him and Duncan were apparently pretty equal, um, and it was a rivalry and that's why they fought on the battlefield. It was an old school duel.
0: Dude, Big Willie Shakespeare did Macbeth dirty.
1: Yeah. Whereas maybe Shakespeare did Macbeth poorly. He did Banquo a favor because Banquo was actually an accomplice alongside Macbeth in the killing of Duncan. Which is the complete opposite to the character we have in the play. Um, and perhaps another interesting note. Maybe you never thought of this before, but it came across in my research. The word rhinoceros.
0: That That's a word, all right.
1: Macbeth, the only Shakespeare play to use it.
0: Huh. And there were so many other rhinoceros opportunities, or rhinocertunities, in his other plays. Tragic.
1: That's why I don't think of Macbeth as the Scottish play. Because there's Scots all over Shakespeare works. There's only one rhinoceros play.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for your viewing pleasure tonight, we are proud to introduce the rhinoceros play. So back into different adaptations. So yeah, it's kind of interesting that you're talking about that, because now it's like, that'd be really cool to see um, a Macbeth play that's like more historically accurate, and could kind of redeem the actual Macbeth's character. Like, I'd be about that. That sounds really cool. Um, You know, cut the poor dude a break. Uh, But what we do have, that doesn't exist yet. But now you, now you can make it, now that you know the truth. But there are some pretty cool uh, adaptations of, of this play because it's such a cool and popular play. And the pretty cool thing about Shakespeare is you can transpose the story kind of wherever and it works. If you want to do a modern update, if you want to set it during World War One, if you want to put it in a college coffee shop in a small New England town, you could probably make it happen and it would probably be a lot of fun. Uh, you get all these different cool interpretations and even uh, something as simple as just a line reading can vary hugely depending on whether you have Charlton Heston or Sean Connery playing the character. Like, you know, go ahead. Go go on YouTube right now. Poke around. There are like dozens of different videos uh, comparing different actors doing like just the Macbeth soliloquy, for instance. But don't do not do that if you're driving. Wait. Wait until you're parked. Uh so there's a, a BBC TV version with Patrick Stewart. It takes place in kind of like a, a 20th century uh, war zone kind of thing, like in like a military hospital and stuff, and that's pretty cool. There is an Indian one called Mechbul that takes place in uh, the modern kind of gangster underworld of Mumbai. Um, one of the most famous ones is by Akira, Kora, Akira Kurosawa that puts the action in feudal Japan and is widely considered one of the best film versions of macbeth that has been made so far and it definitely has the best name of any macbeth adaptation ever and that's throne of blood i mean like the the literal translation is like spiderweb castle but if i were to ask you hey you want to see uh you want to see spiderweb castle or do you want to see throne of blood which one would you pick
1: spiderweb of blood
0: why do you do this to me? No, I wasn't done yet. No, I got more.
1: She has more adaptations. I got
0: more, and look, I the, the best one. There's an adaptation of Macbeth called Scotland PA, and it says, "Well, what if Macbeth took place in a hamburger joint in 1970s Pennsylvania, and was about like a line cook killing the manager of the burger joint, and Macduff is now a detective investigating that murder, and he's also Christopher Walken." Yeah, hell yeah, sign me up. I'm all for
1: it. I was going to do a Christopher Walken impression, but...
0: Oh, why not? Do it.
1: Macduff was untimely taken from his mother's womb. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) But if you want your Macbeth, straight up, neat, no chaser, Uh, there's the most recent 2015 version where um, Macbeth is played by Michael Fassbender and Lady Macbeth is played by Marion Cotillard. And... Macduff is played by that dude with a mohawk who gets face-fucked by an alien in Prometheus. It's good times. Uh, It's a pretty cool movie. It it pretty much plays it all straight. Uh, The cinematography is really, really pretty. The only thing is uh, Michael Fassbender kind of sleeps through it a little bit. He he yawns out a lot of Macbeth's lines. But otherwise, it's a pretty solid adaptation if you want something that's just kind of straightforward.
1: Now, you're missing perhaps the most important Macbeth adaptation of my childhood.
0: Well, maybe I'm just talking about the ones I like, but sure.
1: Well, for those of us who are of a certain age, back in the 90s, there was a cartoon named Gargoyles.
0: That's right.
1: And there was an entire secondary subplot based on Macbeth. In the cartoon, Macbeth is voiced by John Rice Davies. There's a Duncan who in the cartoon, and perhaps there's a role reversal, kills Macbeth's father. Of course, you have, if you have a Macbeth, there must be a Lady Macbeth who, before she became Lady Macbeth in the cartoon, was named Grouch. (laughs) And so living as Grouch for 20 plus years might make anyone a little bit angry.
0: Could you have said that in any more of like a fucking newscaster? (laughs) Might make anyone a little angry. So, but like, okay, because I don't, I don't remember this super well are they like the medieval Macbeth, or are they like modern day dudes because i know there was like some time travel stuff
1: going on it it was it was medieval it was like proper at the time they were human (laughs) they were not part of the gargoyles but as in the gargoyle universe none of it makes sense
0: that's fair they end up like taking care of the baby of the dude who tried to kill them don't they i don't know i think i remember that I just remember there was a very special episode where they learned about gun safety, because that was the one we had on VHS.
1: I'm looking at my sundial, Meg, and we gotta wrap this up.
0: It's 8.38 at night, but go ahead.
1: So let's talk about the role Macbeth has played in our lives as English students. Meg? I don't remember. I can tell it was a very important <laughs> piece of literature for... Your career.
0: I mean, okay, here's the thing. In high school, when we were reading Shakespeare, I was definitely reading Harry Potter under my desk instead. I didn't really get into this stuff, I didn't really fully appreciate this stuff until uh, college, and where I did like a whole year of Shakespeare because I'm a masochist. And I like Macbeth a lot because everybody is just, I mean, everybody's super dramatic in most of Shakespeare's plays. There's just, it's sexier. It's just a very sexy, dark play.
1: One of the things that makes Macbeth stand out as far as I'm concerned is one. students are generally exposed to Macbeth is one of the more violent things they've been exposed to, at least in an English class. It's probably one of the first times that they've been exposed to a female character that's strong, um, is able to boss around really the male protagonist, and a female character that is evil and is really the antagonist in a way that you know, Disney villains are an antagonist, right? That she's just kind of depraved. And you don't see a lot of that either in Shakespeare or in literature even today for the most part. And this is from a play that was written 400 years ago. And so I think that's one of the unique things about it. Um
0: it's true. I mean, it it's true. You don't you don't get to see a lot of women being evil. But then, you know, I feel like he kind of ruins it. Like he he makes her go crazy and then he kind of doesn't know what to do with her. So he throws her off a castle wall.
1: Oh, maybe he didn't want to write a woman being killed by somebody as that was still out of flavor as it pretty much still is today.
0: Oh, we are going to have a good time in the Titus Andronicus episode. And you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs>
1: go on. Um, And Macbeth is clearly a pretty easy narrative to grasp, um, especially that it's been repeated again and again and again through cartoons or movie adaptations as it's just a tale of revenge.
0: Sexy, sexy revenge.
1: So, Megan. RJ. Macbeth. The play. Good or bad?
0: Oh, that's pretty reductive, don't you think? (laughs) Nope. Nope. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna go with good. It's one of my fave Shakespeare plays. Um, It's fun to put on. It's fun to watch. It's just a a general good time for all involved, provided, of course, you don't say Macbeth. Um, I mean, the issues with it are pretty much what I just said, that, you know, it it doesn't do justice to perhaps one of the greatest female uh, villains in literature. But, you know, overall historical inaccuracies wanting um it's just a good solid story rj macbeth good or bad good you rat bastard and that'll about wrap things up um so this was Ono oh Licklass class and it you stuck around through the whole thing thank you we love you now we're friends forever no take backsies
1: i still don't think any of them are coming to dinner megan
0: well, not if Banquo's ghost is there. No, that's a bad joke. <laughs> if you like what you heard, on the on the <laughs> smallest off chance that you like what you heard.
1: I think you got to re-say that one there, boss, while you're not laughing. Yeah. If you liked what you heard.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you could follow yeah. it up with the rest of it, then that would be good, but you didn't.
1: <laughs> Consider subscribing to us on iTunes and finding us on our litany of social media outlets.
0: Such as Facebook um, and onolicklass.tumblr.com and more to come probably. And uh, we'd also like to thank Best Day for the use of his song, Man of the Year, Heavy Sleep. And if uh, you dig that sound, you can check out more of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash best dash day. This is Megan. And RJ. And this was Onolicklass. We love you. Bye.
1: Yeah, you know the worst thing about that. It happened for real.
0: <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. Oh my god, you got peed on by a kid named Jake? Yeah.